Mana 3 Media. Okay, look, we're all fascinated by other people's stories. People we know, complete strangers. It makes no difference to us. We're here for it. We love to consume other people's stories. But if they can move us, ah, now that's the stuff. To keep a moving story both alive and celebrated. This is Story Preserve. Welcome to Stories from the Grove, a series that shares a more in-depth look at some of the stories featured in our full-length documentary, The Grove, about one church in a small town that dared to believe that love is love. All right, so this is the second part of our interview. I'm sitting down with my buddy Justin, one of the co-founders of Story Preserve, uh, and he is the director of this fine documentary called The Grove, a coming out story. Um, and uh, yeah, this is the second part of our conversation. And so Justin, let me think, what question do I want to begin with? Um, oh, I know. How about we uh, quickly move into um, that second half of the filming and then when editing now we're kind of doing stuff in tandem you even went back out and got some other interviews and right I, and i remember at one point i don't how i don't remember how it became prompted either by you or someone else but we even felt like we were missing an interview mm-hmm. do you remember that yep talk about that yeah i mean there were a couple interviews i think that we uh, felt like we were missing um debbie was one of them she's she's an older um, woman at the Grove uh, that had been there forever um, and her transformation um, to where she got. That was one of the things about the Grove that I, I really love and I'm super glad that I was able to capture was um, going around the circle and hearing everyone's sort of like yeah. change of heart yeah. moments. You know, there were there were things that they were taught growing up. We're all taught if you grow up in the church that this is how it is. These people are you know, we love them, but we don't love their sin. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, and, uh, and homosexuality is a sin. And, you know, we... I love your accent, by the <laughs> way, right now. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know where that... I don't know why I'm doing that. Um, anyway, uh, and so... But at some point, I think, you know, as humans, you have to... You're, you, you're faced with, do I believe this? Mm-hmm. Do I believe that this is what... You know, if you're still in the church, do I believe that this is what the Bible says or 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 not? Or is there a different interpretation? And everyone has to decide decide that. And I think a lot of people in the church just blindly say, yep, that's what the Bible says. That's what I was taught. That's mm-hmm. that is the it's clear. It's very clear. Right. And there are a lot of other people that say, I don't think it's as clear as what it's been made to be believed is clear. Yep. Stan Mitchell is a great example. Absolutely. In the documentary he does a great job of talking about totally. that. Totally. And so like I, I gravitate to those people because yeah. um, the way that is, that it's explained um, in the, in the, in the documentary um, about uh, there's four things and I'm, I'm blanking right now. Um, I'll help you. Jeff has them on the whiteboard. The, You're talking about scripture, tradition, reason, and experience. Right. And so I gravitate towards the, the people that look at, you know, tradition and scripture and, and, and say, I know that this is what we've been taught. I know that this is what is the gen, the, the, the consensus. Um, but I propose that it means something different. And to me, in my heart, what is proposed as something different is, is, is more attractive. It's more loving. It's more, it's, it feels right 
to mm. me. And I kind of honestly, like, I don't care if I'm not right. If I'm wrong, right? Okay, yeah. I, you know what I mean? I it just because I just feel like this the the what the Grove is doing with the, with the with the LGBTQ plus community and other churches like the Grove. Um, I don't know that that's a more interesting story, and so telling that story um, was super important to me yeah. in my in my journey through whatever the hell I'm trying to figure out spiritually mm -hmm. at this point in my life. One of the things that was interesting about that particular section of the documentary where they looked at scripture and tradition mm -hmm. is they brought in, not only let's relook at that, mm -hmm. but let's also look at reason and experience and that changed things as well. Right. Like it, it makes it much more difficult to say it's super clear when you allow reason and experience to be part of the conversation. Right. Which again, if you are a self-professing Christian who do you believe gave you reason and who do you believe is setting up these experiences? So right. they're compelling points to be made anyways. And by yeah. the way, regarding the, if I'm right or if I'm wrong, better to err on the side of love either way. Right. I can count on my hand, the amount of things that are important in my life that I'm right about. Right. Right. I, no, I can't. <laughs> I, I can't even do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the other, so the other interview was, um, that we felt like we needed to get the last interview that we shot was with Matthew Paul Turner. Right. And, um, we just felt like Matthew was a voice that we needed in the film. Um, mm -hmm. and he was very gracious to sit down and, and chat with us. Um, and, um, yeah. So like the, I, I think we, t I talked about this in a, a, one of the blogs, or actually on another video that we did for um, our socials at um, storypreserve.org, um, <laughs> the uh, the ask. So asking Matthew Paul Turner and Reverend Naomi and Dr. Gushy and um, Ray and Stan, even though I had already met them and talked to them, uh, was huge in that like I didn't know if they'd say yes, and they didn't really have any reason to say yes because it was just me, and I, I don't they, I don't have any sort of like credentials. <laughs> You know, when it comes to some of this stuff. Um, so uh, it was just like, I like, hey. I like cameras. I like, I like I'm this, flying things. <laughs> I'm just this guy with this talent trying to make this documentary. And um, anyway, so that was that was super cool that they were so, so gracious enough to like sit down and chat with me. And and um, important that they were a part of it to help, help tell this story. Um, and um, I just, I, I was thrilled to... To, to have that experience with them mm. the um the next part of the of the of the story that is kind of mind-blowing and you know you got involved and you graciously said you know yes i will I, I will edit this and like you said earlier we kind of had this plan mapped out where it would take you mm -hmm. know over three or four months we'd kind of start to piece this together in a rough yep. edit um one of the things that i decided to do is i was like well maybe i'll do a kickstarter Mm -hmm. or a GoFundMe or something to see if we can raise a little bit of money so that we could, you know, I could, because I, I, there was no money, there was no budget, but I put some of my own money into this film, obviously. Yes, I had to travel to Philadelphia to shoot with Reverend Naomi and back and forth to Bryson City several times and down to Atlanta to talk to uh, Gushy, Dr. Gushy. Um, and so I was like, well, maybe I could, you know, pay myself back a little bit, pay David a little bit. We were looking at getting a colorist and somebody to do audio and, yep. Um, just felt like it would be cool if we could raise a little bit of money to finish this out. Mm -hmm. And so um, I, I, I've never done that, uh, like a crowdfunding thing. And so I was researching GoFundMe and Kickstarter. And with GoFundMe, whatever money you raise, you get to keep. Mm -hmm. With Kickstarter, 
if you set a limit, if you set like what you're trying to raise and you don't get it, you, you get, get nothing. nothing. <laughs> so I was like, let's do Kickstarter. Um, <laughs> Cause the Kickstarter was like, um, I've, the research that I had done on it was basically like people um, are typically a little bit more successful with Kickstarter. I don't know. There, there was something that led me to try a Kickstarter. Yeah. I don't really know why, because it was a little bit more of a risk that we wouldn't get it. But thank God that we did do Kickstarter because um, we didn't raise our goal. I think we raised. I think I was wanting to raise. I think I put like thirty-five thousand or something. Uh, that was forty-five, but it doesn't really. Thirty-five, matter. forty-five, something like that. I mean, it was a, it was a, it was a, a lofty goal, mm-hmm. um, and I think we raised thirty-five hundred. Yeah, I, I just remember when you would tell me the updates on how much people were giving and our timetable yeah. that was left, I just remember thinking, eh, this is dying on the vine. <laughs> this is, this is right. not going very well, well at all. Also too, like I felt like a, like a chump, like trying to like promote it. Like, Hey, yeah. give money to this film. I got a shiny project. Right. Give me I, money. I put it on Twitter. I put it, I, I don't even think I put it on Facebook cause I wasn't on Facebook at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I just felt like, I just felt weird to me asking for money. I yeah. struggled. I, that was hard. I, 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 if I were to do it again, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how differently I'd do it. But thankfully, because we did went on Kickstarter, a somebody from a streaming service called Reverie reached out to me. Um, Damien, who is the CEO of that streaming service, Reverie is an LGBTQ plus streaming platform. All of their content is LGBTQ plus focused. Yep. Um, and you had a promo that was on there. You did put I, together. Like I put a, a little promo together promo so they could yep. see it. They saw the promo. Um, and he reached out to me and said, Hey, I'm, I like what you're doing. I'm interested in the film. Let's talk. And I was like, okay. Um, and so this started a several month process of, you know, communicating back and forth. Um, got a, an offer to, stream it. I got an entertainment lawyer. This is all stuff that I have no idea. Like I've never done this before. I have no <laughs> clue what I'm doing. Um, and yeah. so somebody said, get a lawyer, get an entertainment lawyer. So friend of a friend uh-huh. hooked me up with this guy, this entertainment lawyer who like understood that I know nothing and had no money. And yeah. so he's like, don't worry about it. I'll, 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 I'll make it work for you. Yeah. Uh, um, payment wise. And so, um, got introduced to another potential uh, streaming um, uh, distribution company. Mm-hmm. So kind of went back and forth trying to decide like, which way do we go? Should we go with this other company or should we go with Reverie? I remember those conversations well. Yeah. And so at the end of the day, I was like, I really love what Reverie um, is doing. And I, I, I love that they like kind of reached out to me and like, it felt special, you know, um, like that. I don't know. The fact that they saw the what the 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 little trailer that I put together and reached out to me like I just I felt like I not that I owed it to him but like I but like there was just a connection there that I didn't have mm-hmm. with the other potential distributor um, and so we signed with them and um, yeah and it's going to be released Easter around Easter of 2023 and it was kind of this long long process so that was one of the things that like. I learned through this process too, is like everything takes forever. It takes a really long time. Mm-hmm. Um, but sidebar, mm-hmm. your, <laughs> let's go back to when we first started talking to Reverie. This was, I was going to bring that up. March yeah. of 2022. 
Yeah, we had our first Zoom meeting with them. Yeah. And they were like, okay, we want to, we'd like, we'd like to work with you. We want to see if we can get it into a festival right. in LA, Outfest in, mm-hmm. in LA. Do you think you could edit this by May? Mm-hmm. So we basically had one month to, to get a rough cut. Mm-hmm. We got off the Zoom call with yep. Reverie. Yeah. And I looked at you and I was like, can, can you do this? I mean, is this, <laughs> is this even feasible? Like, are, can you, can you cut? a full length documentary and we were, and we were talking about like basically like three weeks because we wanted to have a week where we could like tweak it before yeah. we show it to reverie. Right. Yeah. I don't remember what I said. I know we ended up doing it. You what were like, you said, yeah, you okay. were like, yeah, I think I can do this. I was probably lying. <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, yeah, sure. No problem. I, I mean, I believed it cause I was like, I, I I'm like, okay, like, let's just go for it. Like, yeah. let's just, let's just see what we, what happens. Yeah. And by God, you, 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 knocked that out in about three weeks you had a rough cut and and you yeah. would show me like acts acts one act mm-hmm. two act three and mm-hmm. like the you know the process of showing me stuff was magical like it was so cool. cool to see like bits and pieces of it like starting to come together and there would be parts that you'd edit and i would be like how did you do that like i i didn't when I was shooting this, I, this was I did not intend for this to happen. But like you found connections and and ways to tell the story that was so incredible that I again had no, <laughs> I hadn't planned on you know yeah. Um, and so yeah, it came together so fast, and then we didn't end up getting in, we didn't end up getting into that uh, um, festival. Right. But by the time that you left to go out of the country for a month. Um, we had something to work with. Right. Um, and yeah. it was amazing. I mean, I could, I, I can't believe that you did that. It was fun. We, all of the projects that we work on, you know, so many of them have been short, like, you know, five minutes, 10 minutes or two minutes, like really short form. It, there, there, it was not long form storytelling by any stretch. And if I'd show you something that we had worked on where we went together someplace and, you're setting up camera and I'm interviewing or whatever, I'd show you the edit and you'd be like, cool. But with this, there's just so much there that we got to move things around. It was like putting a puzzle together. It was fun. It was really fun to collaborate on. Oh, we should move wild goose way earlier, Mm -hmm. you know, and break up all the talking heads more. And, uh, and I think in the first few cuts, we weren't, we didn't even have all the interviews yet, Mm -hmm. like with Matthew Paul Turner and, so it was fun to shape it together. That was a lot of fun. I I enjoyed that we got to collaborate in post. And I don't know that I thought we were going to get to do that. Mm-hmm. So that was cool. And if I may, that first Zoom call with Reverie, I had two big takeaways. One was I better hurry up and get a deadline <laughs> because they're interested. But secondly, they were so genuine and kind. And they said... I don't remember how or what was said specifically at the end, but they, they thanked us. Mm -hmm. And when they did that, I believe them to their core that they genuinely meant that. And I did feel like, you know, no matter where it ended up at, I really appreciated that that meant something to them. That's home. That's home for the Grove. Reverie is, that is where the the Grove is supposed to begin its next journey, Mm -hmm. wherever that may go. Right. Yeah. So, all right, let's let's wrap this up. Okay. Um, we spent a lot of time 
shooting. We spent a lot of time editing, met a lot of great people, Mm -hmm. insightful experts, everyday stories. Um, Do you have anything from this project that you're most proud of? That you're just, I mean, and, and I don't mean like a look at me, but like, I'm so glad I was involved with that. I'm proud of that. Yeah. I mean, I think my, my hope for, you know, the, the reach that the Grove has is that it, it, it can be used, um, to help encourage other churches that are on the fence or like thinking about making this move. There, there's there's two audiences, you know, the, the churches that um, that are interested in, in moving this direction, um, but also too like folks, people in the in the in the LGBTQ plus community that watch watch it and feel seen mm-hmm. um, or feel like that again that the, there's allies, there's people, there are people that want equality, you know, mm-hmm. um, and so some of the feedback that we've gotten from some of the screenings has been very insightful for that. And I, I don't think that I really fully realized again, not a, there were, there, there was not a, a ton of thought that went into this, like where the reach or like the outcome or, you know, it was just like, just shoot it, just mm-hmm. go out and shoot it and then we'll figure it out. <laughs> right. And I think that starting to, we're starting to see some of the, I mean, it's still early on. It's not even been released to the public yet, but we're starting to hear some of the impact that it is having um, through the stories that are told, mm-hmm. um, and, and, um, man, the vulnerability for, from the folks at the Grove, Tiffany and Tony and, and, and then the staff, Jeff and Jody and Matt, um, to, for them to, I mean, this is not an easy topic. I mean, it's a hot button issue in the church and conservative areas across the country. I mean, there's there's all sorts of negativity around this, and for them to stick their neck out and say like, "No, this is where we're going, and this is this is what we're doing, and this is why we're doing it." I, I just I'm I'm super proud of them, um, and I'm super thankful for their uh, vulnerability to share their story with a camera in their face. For sure, you know, I would encourage everyone who's listening. Uh, while you're waiting for the documentary to come out, if, if it hasn't yet again, Easter of 2023, so depending upon when you listen to this, but I would encourage you to check out our YouTube channel and even check us out on Instagram or TikTok. Just look up story preserve. There's some great reactions, testimonials from people who have already gone to some of the public screenings to hear their stories. Um, it's pretty exciting to think about. It hasn't even released yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, who knows what stories we will hear about? Who knows what texts that you'll get? Um, we've already received several. Like you've sent me multiple texts from friends that you'd send the documentary to. Some of them are the most amazing reviews. I'm like, that's a good review right there for the documentary. But imagine the ones that we haven't even heard about yet, man. Mm-hmm. Like there's something coming from this. Um, if nothing else, just a, a larger microphone more opportunities for people to to be uh, to feel seen and for people to listen. And um, I guess what I'll leave our audience with is this. Uh, I'm assuming if you're hearing this, you haven't watched the documentary yet. What I would say is just give yourself 90 minutes of openness and a desire to listen. It's not going to hurt you. It's not going to end your world. It's not going to take away from your belief system. 
take 90 minutes to just have an open heart and to just listen. I think that it would be very much worth your while. Um, but this is a long overdue conversation, man. I'm glad that we finally got to get in the weeds a little bit about why you started doing this story. And uh, for a guy who just picked up a camera and started running and gunning, you should be super proud of the final product. There's a few moments in the documentary that are straight up magical. And it's ridiculous that it happened with one person. It's ridiculous. There's a few where we made it work, mm -hmm. <laughs> but even those were, were the things where it's so good that you went and got those. Mm -hmm. Like if you probably could have been like, yeah, we don't need those, mm -hmm. but you got more content in a different location in a group setting or whatever it may be. I marvel at what you did as one person. Um, but that's what someone with a wide open heart can do. <laughs> I know you were like, I'm just a guy. I got no credentials. Bullshit, man. You've got a, you have the capacity to love uh, in a very profound way. I'm very proud of you. I'm glad you're my friend. I'm glad we do Story Preserved together. Me too. And uh, I hope you all enjoyed this episode. Thanks, David. We hope you enjoyed the show. Want to see what we're up to? Check out our YouTube channel or find us on social media like Instagram or TikTok. Just search for Story Preserve. If you like our podcast, hey, why not tell a friend? Click like or subscribe. Who knows? Perhaps even leave a comment. We'd love to know what you think. This particular series, Stories from the Grove, is a more in-depth look at some of the stories featured in our full-length documentary, The Grove. It looks like it'll drop around Easter in 2023 on three different streaming platforms, Reverie, Peacock, and Tubi. However, once we know more, we'll definitely share an update with the dates that it will be available and where you can watch it. And finally, in each episode, we want you to ask yourself, what story do I want to tell with my life? Maybe we can help you with that because we would love to help you articulate your story. Just go to our website, storypreserve.org.